everybody, and welcome to Beefmaster Banner. We are your hosts, Josh Morrison and Jared Strickland. How's it going, Jared? Uh, it's going good. Getting busy. We got some hay down on the ground, and we'll try to get it up this week. Just got out of the hayfield myself. That's uh, kind of bittersweet. You don't have to worry about making it anymore till the spring. <laughs> yeah, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't make much, but we made enough, maybe. Yeah, well, hopefully so. Uh, we'll just roll right into to these sales here. Man, there's some still some really good sales going on. Uh, we'll start with the Collier uh, Advantage sale. Looks like it totaled a million two hundred and two thousand, and it looks like the average was right around fifteen thousand two hundred, and there were seventy nine lots. Uh, I failed to get the genetics on the high seller, but I believe it was lot one A bringing sixty one thousand dollars. Wow! So uh, it's impressive. Check back on that, but uh, yeah, that's a whopper of a sale. <laughs> that's uh that's doing it the arkansas sale did good too um it was uh 63 lots looks like it totaled two hundred and forty seven thousand four hundred and fifty dollars and an average of thirty nine twenty seven seventy eight high seller was seller there was a uh, larimore heifer brought fifteen thousand dollars that was lot seven that was uh larimore genetics on top and bottom still really good Especially, oh, yeah. you know, you get in those consignment sales. That's awesome. Uh, tonight, yeah, absolutely. Uh, tonight, we've got um, Lauren and Alyssa Lissy of Lissy Beefmasters. How are y'all doing tonight? All right. Great. How are y'all? Great. Thanks for coming on with us. Why don't y'all uh, start out? I know, obviously, tons of people know you, but maybe they don't know possibly y'all's backstory. How about, um, if you will, just give us a little bit of backstory on you guys. So I came into the Beefmaster breed really young on the JBBA side. Um, I started showing Beefmasters when I was eight years old. My sister was a few years older than me. So I've been around them since I was probably five or six. Um, we, we grew up showing all through school, showing Beefmasters, went to college and whatnot. Um, and we still kept a bunch of our show, old show cows as, uh, as kind of our herd there at the house. And then after college, I um, was a 4-H agent in Victoria County down on the coast. And that's where I met Lauren. So one of my 4-Hers was looking to show beef masters. And so I called up here and got a heifer. And that's kind of how we met. Uh, hadn't met before then. And so it was kind of a serendipity kind of thing, I guess. Um, but we met and got married in 2016. And then now we have two great kids. One's three and one's turning two this month. So his background got started much, much earlier than my family's. I'll let him go over that. Yeah, I always tell Alyssa she fell in love with my cows before she fell in love with me. And <laughs> she'll argue that. But I think that's what it was. So a little background about Lissy Beefmasters. We, um, I'm third generation, so I was kind of born into this, had no... No other direction to go but Beefmasters. Um, my grandpa, Henry Lissy, started, uh, he bought his first bulls kind of around 1970, 1971. And once he start, started, you know, crossing them on his commercial F1 type cows and saw what the calves, calves did and what we always preach to everybody about using Beefmaster bulls. Uh, my dad and uncle, George, they decided they were going to jump off in the registered business. And that was in 1972. So we've been a little, been around for 50 years. Uh, I graduated high school in 2007 
and I was thought I was going to go play baseball somewhere and had some run-ins with some injuries. And so we shifted gears and started focusing on the ranch more and kind of took a liking to that and had a big, big idea about being a vet. And I did some internships one summer, uh, my freshman year of college and figured out that um, vet deal was probably not the route I needed to go. And that's right around that time we started uh, flushing our first two donors and I've always appealed the AI, creating genetics, putting breeding pieces together. And that was kind of one of the big knack geek type deals I got off and enjoyed doing all the time and figured out the embryo route is where I wanted to be and go. And so we kind of ran off there and went and got my master's in reproductive physiology there at Tarleton State and came back to the ranch about 2012, 2013, met Alyssa, got married and kind of just started beating down the road ever since. And just kind of future beholds with our kids there where, you know, where we're going to go. And it's been an exciting road and exciting future. And that's kind of always try to think out five to five to six years ahead where we're going to be to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and guide us down that way. And uh, the future is bright with our kids as young as they are. And they eat up, eat up the cows probably more than what we did when we were their age. So it's, that's a good sign. Hopefully they'll want to take this thing over and keep going in great grandpa's footsteps of what he started out to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now you go all over the place uh, doing embryo work, right? Yeah, I've traveled quite a bit. I've traveled down into Mexico, done a little bit of work in Costa Rica for some people there. And then I go quite a bit to the East Coast, Carolinas, Florida, Georgia, all over that country. So if you want it done, I can do it. That's interesting. I like hearing talk, you know, talking about your kids, uh, being excited about it. I know I enjoy having my son out there looking at the cattle and getting excited about new calves and, and maybe he'll like y'all hopefully he'll pass on pass it on down the line like like dad did with me it's definitely exciting to watch um their little minds just eat it up and of course they're at the age they just want to pet everything you know and we got too many <laughs> we got too many cows running around to have a bunch of pets in the pasture so i think they're a little frustrated sometimes um the cows sometimes don't know what to think about them so it's fun juggling the safety part of it there but just to see they're kind of faces light up when they see them and they get to feed them and all that is just real fun that's awesome well i guess kind of jumping into the cattle a little bit um, i know most people are familiar with your cattle but for those that are new and, and may not know or, or want to mo know more about it uh we typically ask uh what y'all's favorite bulls i know y'all got several but do y'all have some bulls y'all got coming up or ones you're really wanting to promote uh I'll just talk, take his time to talk about them or what, if you want to. Well, I guess kind of the, oh, there's a, there's a few of them. Well, let's go back to the great, you know, Maverick. He's still one of my favorite bulls and just does everything right. Um, the consistency of his calf crop across the board, regardless, even now, is just crazy to me. He, uh, he passed away this spring, but we've kind of, yeah. we've started using them a lot more and flushing and kind of, kind of took a break from using them a little bit because we were so close on generational with sisters and daughters and things like that. So we took a little break, but now we're going back to them 
and kind of what the future holds, I guess, of the most exciting new little bulls we got coming up is a bull named Standalone and a bull named Custom Made. They're both enforcers' sons, different in their own rights. Um, Standalone is a enforcer out of a Maverick daughter, raised by First Cav Heifer, and he's got a 5.79 IMF. And kind of saw him coming along, got the scan back, and knew it's kind of a breeding piece we need to keep in the program to keep pushing our. IMF and quality grade along because the industry just demands that. And then custom made was a bull ETKF out of our pure, uh, our pure pleasure cow uh, that we bought from swing and B a few years ago. And we got those ETKFs back that year and he walked off the trailer and was just a man child. And I told Alyssa, I said, you know, there's a red pole bull that <laughs> we need to do something with. And both those bulls, we, um, retained ownership in and partnered with some really great breeders. Our standalone bull is we're partnered with G4 ranch. Who's also in our production cell with us coming up. And then our custom made bull is actually we partnered with uh, two newer uh, breeders, little Goodwin cattle out of Florida and then uh, S3 um, out of Poteet, Texas. And we've got custom made and standalone calves on the ground right now, their first calf crop and, we're very, very excited about what the future holds for those two young bulls. Um, so the future's bright for them. Just, you know, take it a day at a time like everybody else and keep putting the matings. And then our newest little kind of ace in the hole, I'll tell you, I'll let Alyssa tell you, because that's her bull. <laughs> so we have a little bull that um, we actually just decided to keep that we haven't bred yet. He's just turned into this fall. So we're going to start playing with him a little bit. He is a uh, also an enforcer, but he goes back to my Maryland cow, which was a riding dirty daughter out of a Logan Legacy cow, and uh, and he's such a cool little bull. He is so thick and slick headed pulled, so we're really excited about him. Um, so it'll be another year or so before we start getting calves on the ground out of him. But for me, that's one of my most exciting, just because it's out of my cow. <laughs> absolutely sounds like the future's bright as far as bulls go for sure um and you know it's it's pretty cool because every episode it seems like we preach you know cow family cow family and it just you know just goes to show on on all these episodes everybody talking about you know you're talking about maverick and um you can pretty much trace him back to i don't know i would say most of everything in your in your pasture just about yeah i think we're we looked the other day with through some pedigrees on some cows and he's already third, fourth generation on a few things. And it's kind of neat with the production cell, putting it all together for this to be our third one. We planned probably about five or six of them and finally decided to pull the trigger and have, <laughs> have a few of them. Uh, but there's been some bloodlines that we've traced back on the Lissy herd that we've gone back five to six generations now of all Lissy breeding top and bottom. And that's one thing we really, really pride ourselves on here is, you know, we just, we're not a make them and sell them type family. We're going to breed them, use them, keep them. Alyssa calls me the cow hoarder, but when you find <laughs> good cow families like that, it's just, you got to wrap yourself around them. And, you know, dad and George and grandpa, when they put the business together, their motto was hard, hardworking cattle are easy to stand behind. And that's nothing but the truth. You know, you just see that and those cow families that, hit every year and breed back and time and time again, those daughters, I mean, we've, we've got it all over and 
some some will miss, some some won't. But if you can wrap yourself around that predictability, you set yourself up for success quite often. It's so much better. I mean, as far as that goes. But yeah, I mean, just you know, just like just like we're talking about, it's it's utmost importance to have that predictability in those cow families. And it does nothing but help, you know, yeah. sell them, you know, when, when you go to sell them, because people can see there's plenty of them out there. People can see the consistencies in them. Um, well, and having that, having that many generations stacked together on y'all's breeding shows uh, that you have a lot of trust in them too, uh, to do what they need to do. I was kind of curious. I had a question about, did you say that bull was called ice in the hole or the young bull you're talking no, about? He, I, call, you I call him the ace in the hole, but his name is uh, Lissy's Inferno. Okay. Look, look him up. You should have just called him Alyssa. No. Yeah, Alyssa's bull. Hey. <laughs> Alyssa. I'll remind him every single time. We have a... Uh... We have some color-coded tag systems that like gets a little complicated for us, but you know, I make sure that all my cows have my tag color in their ears. So they'll, they'll remember every time they see him. That'll what Alyssa he don't forget. Exactly. Yeah. Alyssa swindled that cow out of a, I think a birthday or Christmas. I didn't gift. swindle anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So kind of talking about um, cow families. So some of your standout females, maybe younger, um, know you've got a some a good lineup of donors um tell us some of some about those yeah we have a, a fairly large group of donors um and they're they're kind of slightly diverse in what they offer which i think is a positive uh note for our breeding program but also because we sell quite a few embryos internationally as well so we have kind of an eclectic group of donors that we make different ways to kind of um, give us some versatility out of our embryo calves um, so one of, one of the donors that we raised here on the ranch is Karma. We're selling a flush on her in the production cell next month. Um, she is a red rider out of a, uh, painted tiger Clementine. No, Tabasco Clementine. I'm sorry, Tabasco Clementine, um, cow. And she, uh, she has just been a heavy hitter every time we flush her, her calf crops just come out so full of bone meat muscle capacity and they still have that kind of uh progressive industry look to them and then they're um you know depending on sires will help depend on on performance and things like that uh vogue is another one she's the one that's out of uh she's a maverick daughter and she's out of a painted tiger clementine mm. um and so those that's another one of the big ones with big she's got a lot of bone a lot of capacity um and we we sure love her. She had she gave us the reserve national champion at JV, at JVBA nationals uh, in 2021. So she produced her. So um, a lot of look and, and dimension to that female. We have um, an enforcer daughter that's coming up. She had her first calf uh, in the spring. So we're getting ready to start flushing her as well. We call her boss lady, um, but her number is. 99 over 647 i think and then um hopefully prada will be another one that's the vogue daughter that won nationals she's still a little young to be flushing on yet but we definitely have our eye on her to see kind of how she's going to turn out and get that first calf on the ground that kind of thing so we're really excited about some of our our uh, donor herd and and what they bring to the table because 
for us, what, what decisions we make today as far as matings, we don't actually see production out of it for two years, whether it's a cow or a bull, you know, so you can't really afford to keep making matings of the past. You continually have to be looking forward like, hey, this mating worked, but we could make it better maybe if we used a different bull or X, Y, Z, you know, there's all those different variables and whatever you're doing today doesn't affect you today. It affects you in the future. So you kind of have to keep that in mind and keep that progressive mentality going and I really think our versatility in our donor program helps us do that well and something you um one of you mentioned a little while ago was you know you're always looking three to five years in the future I, I'm a true believer especially in the purebred business if you're not doing that you're you're falling behind and, and like you're saying if you know to get those decisions and and uh, or get that product five years from now that decision matters what you're doing today for sure I've always liked the look of that bow cow. I've seen several pictures of her on there and I, she's a really nice looking cow. Yeah. She's very complete in all aspects. So she's real fun to watch. She's got a big personality too. She'll yell at you every time you get down to the barn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's oh. about, about how that goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's like when they, when they're good, they know it. They let you know. That's right. Uh, I guess kind of moving forward, uh, Y'all sell, you know, you mentioned your sales coming up uh, here in the next few weeks. Uh, and y'all have that, I guess, on a biannual basis. Yeah, we've, when we decided to do them, our, we felt like our, our herd was big enough possibly to do one every year with the G4 Ranch. But we chose to go biannual. It kind of helps take a little bit of pressure off us mentally to keep one going. Um, but it helps our cow herd and that's kind of where we try to keep our focus on. It's, I don't want to run in there and deplete the cow herd to where I know I can offer our true heart of the herd. And that's why we named it after that. Cause whenever we're going to put something out there, it's going to be our complete best and kind of biannually what that keeps is it gives us a chance to try some newer, younger bulls that we have coming up, kind of figure out some matings, how they, we probably need to be breeding them and then see some other things to, and, and ultimately what it is, is I know how to, I can figure out how to mate those bulls. So when clients and customers come to us, Hey, I want to breed enforcer, standalone or maverick. I can tell you kind of, this is what the cows we need to breed him to. So I'm setting basically why well, I feel like we're setting other people up for just as much success as ourselves and kind of how it's worked the last three years is, our freshest, newest genetics, we're able to roll those out. You know, big chief calves, he's kind of a bull everybody forgets about. He's a Tonto Joella, but his first calf sold at the in, in the belly on last year or last sales bred heifers. Now we're seeing all these calves at the side of these pairs. And the way we've made them with his, those enforcer daughters, it just hits a home run every time. Mm -hmm. And so by doing that, it kind of helps us make sure we keep our put our best best foot forward and selling our best combinations and ultimately help helping the customers and clients prosper with us and and just like the whole point of doing an embryo program or whatnot is again to continually look into the future i don't feel like that we could comfortably do a production sell every year and still be able to maintain the quality that we're kind of known for within our herd 
um, because we need to be able to have those replace some of those replacement females for ourselves. So it gives us a little bit of a break. We're not selling the entire calf crop every year, you know, so to speak. So, um, so we're able to, to kind of maintain that quality and that, and that certain level that we want while still being able to push forward. You know, we definitely don't, like we said, none of us want to go backwards. That doesn't help anybody. We, we want to keep driving the breed forward, but we also have to be able to take care of ourselves at home, you know, and, and so then when we do have a sale every other year, it's really fun to see what we get to put in there because we do get to put in some really good ones because we know we also have some that we're still able to rely on here at the house. So like this year we have um, we have four herd sire prospects that are selling any one of them could make a program elite depending on what your what your goal is for a program. You know, if you want the performance bull, we have it. If you want a bull that that you need to clean up kind of your design and your look of your animals, G4 has a heck of an enforcer son in there. You know, we have one that is all the meat and muscle you could ever ask for um, is in there as well. So, you know, we have we have a lot of four really, really good herbal prospects in there. Um, our pears this year are just stellar. The the cows and the calves inside, they look so good. Um, it's it's always exciting when you look at all of them and you kind of kick yourself for selling any of them. <laughs> um, you know, it's when you look at that offering in that kind of light, it's exciting to see that. We have um, we have quite a few breads that we're selling that are bred to some of those newer bulls. So it's your your opportunity to uh, to get some of those genetics. We don't sell semen on our uh, Mr. CJ1737 bull that we call Smokey, but we're selling some of his daughters this year. And they just, he puts such a stamp on all of his daughters. They're all just cut from the same cloth. And so you'll get to see some of those this year. And those are exciting. So we have some breads there. And then we have a few open heifers that are uh, right there, ready to breed. So as soon as you get home, you could turn them out to, with the bull that, of your choice, you know, that you have or AIM or however you see fit. Um, and I think those open heifers are really exciting as well. So quite a quite a lineup for this year's sale that we're really excited to offer. I, I definitely think y'all definitely have a good sale. I, I got to go through the video the other day and uh, me and dad were talking about it a little bit and and y'all raising the bar on those pairs now. Them, them are standout girls right there. Yes, and the little calves at side are just, they just grew so well this year. You know, like every bull calf at side, I know everybody's, you know, kind of kicks the dirt about having a, a, you know, a pair that's got a bull calf at side because you think they're not going to bring as much money. But man, those bull calves at side, if you develop them right, are future herd sires, you know, like they are so good. And then the little heifers at side could be future donors, just like their mamas, you know. So I think there's a lot of value in those in those pairs. And that goes to show it goes back to a few episodes back when we talked to Mr. Steve and Miss Cindy Evans talking about those mamas that can make those bull calves. And I mean, that's what it's doing right there. Just, you know, it's proving that right there on that video. Yes. Um, Heck, when I was little, I can remember going to sales and dad and George, they would go out there and find those pairs with those herd bulls outside. And that's kind of way back when that's how we bought our first herd bulls were at the side of those good cows and kind of morphed into that. So it's, it always speaks volumes when a cow can raise a high quality herd bull and, push the bar forward for a program then you really you really know what you're dipping into and have right there yeah absolutely so kind of it's kind of rolling into to the next sale you guys you guys have an online sale and i think y'all have that every year correct 
Yeah, the online sale kind of <laughs> we had a really good friend, Colson Cannon, kind of pushed me to talk me into doing one. And we went uh to one of our calf raisers and we're kind of looking at embryos left in the tank and inventory of kind of matings we're gonna put in, and we found some really hidden gems, and that's kind of how the first one started. And just kind of a unique way to sell sell all of our best genetics. And that's kind of on the embryo side of stuff, I kind of get a little nerdy about some of that. And I just always remember stories growing up of what flushes sold for and embryos sold for. And I mean, that always to me is, was always a real cool thing. And I thought about like, you know, trying to recreate the wheel, bring that stigma back. And, you know, the quickest way to the top of our herd is you go through the embryo tank, you know, cause everything in that tank is what we put in yesterday or for tomorrow, what we're putting in for the future. And so we decided to have it, in the spring, I think our first one was March of 21. So we did it. No, we, March of 21 after the production sale. And it was it was a good hit. We had a whole fun wild time. All the family got together, <laughs> had dinner and watching that thing happen. And it was just, it was unbelievable. I think it was the first one Bruce had ever been a part of online too. And, and I don't think he knew what to do with himself at first because it was just doing all of it for him. He couldn't yell at nobody or see anything. And it, yeah. it was pretty fun. It was pretty comical. I joked with him. Uh, I was going to do a Facebook live and let him get on there. Hit it again, bit it again, you know, <laughs> but uh, he's just, he's such a character. So he had fun with it too, but we do them twice a year, March and October of each year, except for the year that we have a production sale, those embryos and semen of course are sold at our sale our production sale. So the online genetics, what we do with that on the semen, especially uh, we went to where we stopped selling semen private treaty all year. It was just getting too much for us to keep up with paperwork. We're very much family owned and operated. I don't have anybody to work for us in the office or anything like that, you know? Um, and it was just getting really cumbersome on the paperwork side. So we made it really simple on ourselves to just sell semen twice a year, March and October. And then, uh, and then of course our embryos as well. So that's really your only opportunity to kind of get semen and embryos from us. Yeah. And it does great. I mean, they always bring a lot of money. Yeah. I always enjoy watching to see what all that brings. Yeah. Uh, us too. We're sitting on pins and needles. We don't, you know, it's a wild time for everybody. It is. Yeah. It is. And now y'all also have a bull sale, uh, first annual bull sale coming up. So, I mean, you're very diverse. I guess you'd say diversified as far as sales. I think that's the word I want to use. Um, I mean, you're, you give people plenty of opportunities to buy your genetics. Tell us about the sale coming up. So we'll be our November 4th in Wachula, Florida. We'll have our first annual premium power bull sale. And just we've sold for years when I, since I took the ranch over a lot of private treaty bulls, and we were involved in some other bull sales throughout the industry and very, very glad we were a part of those and used them as stepping stones and just really kind of grow. But we kind of felt that, you know, we were getting big enough to where we needed to do our own thing and have our own sales. Um, we went from selling 40, 50 bulls private treaty every year to where now we're realistically raising right at 100 bulls. Um with our cow herd and as big as our ET uh, program has gotten. So it's kind of a new venture, new, new depth of waters for us to uh, wait out in. I know my uncle George, he's always wanted to have a bull sale and was one of his big dreams. And I told him the other day, I said, now we're having one um, time to put our big boy britches on and get after it. And so it, it's a big learning curve. We've got the video shot catalogs are putting together for that deal. 
um, spend a lot of time on the road talking to potential customers, meeting new people and things like that. And it's just to see it morph and what our vision is for the future. Um, it's quite exciting for us, but mainly for the breed. I mean, I think Beefmaster is probably one of the hottest breeds out there on the commercial market and there's just nothing but room to grow. And I think by having more great bull cells out there, we're going to grow, grow the breed and prosper as a whole. And the future looks really, really bright for us as a breed. I definitely agree with that statement for sure. And uh, I guess speaking of the future and the brightness, we have a lot of new people coming into the breed, it seems like. And we've asked nearly everybody, I guess, on this uh, podcast, uh, especially our our uh, folks that have been in the breed, especially like y'all for, for so many years. So what, I guess, will be your advice to new breeders? Travel. Go look at other programs, see other programs, study what they're doing, what works. Use it as a learning tool. I remember how we found one of our, our riding dirty bull and his two sisters. We went to Davin Vaughn's up in Missouri one summer. Just He bought some Maverick semen, had some really good Maverick calves, and me and dad one day jumped in the truck, drove up to uh, Mountain Vernon, Missouri, and started kicking through his cows and seeing his program, seeing what he was doing different than what we were doing. And we saw some genetics that was really, really doing good. And then we saw three embryo calves walk up to the truck and we just had to have them. You know, we bought those calves off of recepts and it turned into be two big mainstay donors and a semen sire for us. And then, you know, saw some things that, you know, maybe shouldn't breed certain genetics this way or that way. And I looked at that and, you know, that next fall we were going to breed some of those bulls and we made a change in a different direction on how we were going to use those. And we kind of avoided probably, you know, a little mishap or maybe not the best we could do with the way we thought we should breed them. We figured out how we should cross those things. And so I always, I always tell people get out, travel, go see other programs, see what they're doing, learn. I mean, it could be as simple as, growing grass, spraying weeds, or breeding cows and managing cows. I mean, it's something so simple. Um, and then the other one is talk. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call. You know, Alyssa probably gets a little frustrated with me. We're always on the phone talking to, talking to breeders and customers and things like that. Just if you got a question, call. You know, there's no wrong answer. There's none of that. So if I can help you avoid a mistake and avoid a bump in the road and get you further, further down the road. That's where, that's where we want to be. Yeah. And for me, I think it's a little, I, I don't think there's any one thing I could tell a breeder, but there's a bunch of small things. I think as far as the association is concerned, you need to be, you need to join a satellite. You need to get out there and meet those people that are closest to you uh, geographically that are raising beef masters. When you go through a drought, likely they're all going through that same drought, you know, and they can kind of give you tips and pointers and, things of that nature. Um, and then I think, you know, coal and coal hard, just because it can be registered, doesn't mean it should be registered. And I think that's a really big one that not a lot of, I can't say not a lot of, that I think more people need to consider, you know, is some matings just flat do not work. That's not necessarily a reflection of you. That's not necessarily a reflection of your entire cow base. It just didn't work, you know, so that doesn't mean you have to register it and try to sell it. I think it's super important to be um, 
constantly evaluating your cattle and be like, you know, this cow has given us an underproducer the last three years. I think it's time she goes, or, you know, you kind of have to evaluate your herd constantly. You can't just say, I spent a lot of money on her. So I got to keep her just because you spent a lot of money on her. Doesn't mean she was worth all the money you spent on her. You know, we've learned that lesson the hard way sometimes, you know? And, and so I think just being completely honest with yourself on your calf crop is really important. Um, and I think remembering that cattle are a byproduct of your land. If you're not going to take care of your pastures and you're not going to um, fertilize or weed spray or any things of those natures. And if you're going to overgraze, then you better be prepared to um, supplement those cattle a little bit more. You know, I mean, we, the, the ultimate the ultimate management mistake you can make is overstocking and overgrazing and you're not letting your cattle live up to their genetic potential because they don't have the pasture to do it. Um, so, you know, I think the management thing is a real big deal and continually learning grass and forage management, go to whatever courses are around you that extension is putting on or whatever, you know, the day you stop learning is the day you start going backwards. So I think it's so important to keep your kind of ear to the, to the, whatever the saying is, I can like the saying this late at night, y'all, but, but, you know, I mean, you, you have to keep growing, you have to keep learning and you can't be set in your ways. There's that, that is the one way to start going backwards. So I don't know. I think, I think, you know, the biggest thing you can do is communicate with people and learn different things. Yeah, so well, I, I agree with the extension plug there. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was an extension maker before. I know how, you know, overworked and underutilized they are. So that's some really good advice um, from both of you that it's, you know, um, a lot, some of it is what we've heard before, but some of it was new. We've never heard that before. So, and, and we like to be able to do that with folks that way, you know, newer breeders can, can listen and, you know, at least get a little bit of, um, of some guidance if, if they don't know anybody to call. So um, that was some great advice, but, we are completely out of time. Um, I really appreciate y'all coming on tonight, uh, taking time out of your evening to do so. Um, it does mean a lot for us, uh, to us for y'all to do that. Well, I think it's a cool service that you guys do and you guys get to connect a lot of breeders and in, in the new age world, you know, I mean, we get to hear from breeders that you guys talk to from all over the United States. And I think that's so exciting that to see that, the breed can come together and listen to that and hear the different viewpoints. So thank you guys for doing what you guys do as well. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It was good. Thank you. I'll hit these upcoming sales for October real quick here. Uh, of course we got the Lissy's heart of the herd sale, October the 1st. That'll be in Euling, Texas. Uh, East of beef masters is also on October the 1st. They're having a performance sale, San Angelo, Texas, October 8th. Uh, they have the car and other sale in Flores, Floresville, Texas. Uh, October the 15th is the Beef on Flores Bull and Female Sale in Brenham, Texas. October 29th will be the Red River Performance Bull Sale in Paris, Texas. That's awesome. Great sales coming up. Um, and again, uh, Lauren and Alyssa, thank y'all very much. And I uh, hope y'all have a great night. Y'all too, you. anytime. Thank you very much. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening to the Beefmaster Banner Podcast. Uh, please know that we are on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and we are on YouTube. Just search Beefmaster Banner. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe. We love hearing from you, um, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.